0: This is the Lattice Training Podcast, where we bring you the best in climbing performance and training from the world's elite athletes, thought leaders, and coaches. Hello to everyone. I hope you're doing good wherever you are and whatever you're up to at the moment with your climbing or training season. In today's episode, it's going to be another solo session with me, Tom Randall, giving you a little bit of a breakdown, which is a bit more focused on the training preparation performance element of a particular niche area and really this one is about power endurance but the slant on it is the aspect of actual projecting and red pointing when it comes to kind of putting that power endurance element into play on the things we're aiming for so our goals and our aims for the year or perhaps even our climbing careers now, if you haven't already listened to part one of this episode, I already recorded one, and you can find this on our podcast already on improving your power endurance, where I already break things down for the really important specificity element. And that goes into three parts of technical, psychological, and physical. I've chatted all through all things regarding rock types, movement styles, trying hard versus relaxing, um, recognition, anxiety control, how you deal with fear heights, also the way that you train for pacing, hold size and type, and the volume and intensity that you'll use for power endurance. So if you want to know a little bit more about those specific topics, then go and listen to that part one um, and then join us in a bit. Or if you've already listened to it or you're keen to crack on, then we will get going on the topic of projecting and red pointing. Now, today I'm going to break this down into three sections again. I'm going to start with tactical in some ways, because I think this is a missed aspect to projecting and red pointing that not everyone really gets dialed. So I want to get that one covered first. And then I'm going to move on to the physical aspects of preparation and performance and then psychological to finish. First up is with tactical, we're really talking here about strategies that you're going to use to mean that you're the most effective on getting up your project and also the process of it. So I think it's two parts of that. Um, Don't just always think about the outcome as such, think about the the process and the journey as well. And first one to really note, and one that is very, very important in the kind of tactile aspect of red pointing is dialing the crux. Now, what I mean by this is when you go and try your project, don't just do the crux two or three times and go done, great, finished. I know how to do this move. No matter how reasonably easy you find that and that's going to vary depending on how close this thing is to your limit i really can't recommend enough absolutely dialing the crux to the most degree of efficiency and perfection that you possibly can get obsessed about this it is going to really really affect the outcome when you get down to red pointing so really really dial every aspect of that crux and explore every single bit of the the moves and how they work and the best possible way of doing them. Coupled with that is what we also term the red point crux of a route and when people say that what they mean is not necessarily the hardest moves on the route or the most technical on the route but where you will typically fail on the red point so it's almost like the limiting part of the route. And for some routes, that can often happen well away from the hardest moves. And you'll find this might be in the top third of the route where you're just getting more and more fatigued. And those moves previously that felt at 60% 60 of your maximum capacity just aren't doable when you're pumped. So I think this is the other bit that you want to really spend a lot of time refining and getting exactly right. Uh, I can't tell you how many times I've seen people completely fluff routes because they just haven't worked the red point crux enough and learned how they climb on it, got totally dialed on it and really are in automatic mode on that part because it's going to be hard when you're on red point. Next is sorting out the position, type and style, even direction of the clips on the route or the quick draws on the route. Another really underrated thing, you can really affect the difficulty of the clipping position and sometimes also your kind of fear and anxiety by changing the length on the drawers and also the direction from which they clip on the route. It's so worthwhile and you'll really see some big benefits from messing around with this and changing them up. In particular, I think you'll find that with the clips, the there's a default kind of attitude that people will think that they just place the drawers on the route that are the length they bought in the shop, or they have 10 short drawers and 10 medium length draws. Don't just settle for that. Get some really, really long drawers, clip them together, start extending them out, and you can really see some improvements or improvements in efficiency when you're trying that red point um, project. So get on your clips. Next up is time of day to try the route. The conditions, we all know this matters massively when we're trying things at our limit. So get good at understanding when's the shade come around on the route? How does the humidity change on my crag or my route during the day? Know whether it gets affected by windy days, what way the wind is coming. It's another little nuance to projecting in terms of tactics that I don't think people pay enough attention to because it affects it significantly. I'd almost say that on a perfect conditions day, it's sometimes worth maybe even two grades on a route. So it's very worthwhile finding out when those days are because you won't waste loads of red pointing days if you have found out when you get the perfect conditions. So spend time doing that. And then lastly, is taking a top-down approach to red-pointing. I think a lot of people will always work their project from the bottom and slowly leaving the top section of the route the kind of greatest unknown. And it's the one where they aren't the most practiced, they have the greatest anxiety, and when they then get on red-pointing, it feels harder because they just haven't spent as much time in that part of the route, successfully clipping the chains. So look at trying to break down your route into say five parts and your first link can be the last fifth of the route. And then your next link can be the last two fifths of the route. And then your next link, the thrust three fifths of the route and so on. You'll find by doing this, that some of you might have a huge improvement in success rate in doing this because you get so practiced at clipping the chains. And I'm going to touch on this a little bit more later on on the psychological aspect as well. Second section, or second topic, is the physical aspect to projecting and red pointing. Now, a lot of people struggle with the balance of training whilst also projecting. I get emails about it almost every single week. A lot of my clients have touched on this subject multiple times over the year, wondering how they balance this. And I think there isn't really a, an easy answer to it. But the main thing to think about when it comes to this two-part equation is that what you're doing in your training is complementary to the projecting that you're completing. So think about the demands of your training and how much that's affecting your resting or your recovery, or even physiological or technical improvements in your ability on that project, and really think about how much that's complementing it. Because ultimately, at the end of the day, if you're spreading yourself too thinly, and you're working on other things that are a different style and have different demands, whilst also projecting, you can't expect the best results. So this is one where you have to kind of you know, be realistic and take a, an approach which understands how hard that project is and how much you're going to have to really focus in and find things which are going to line up every single element so that it works in your favor. Also, I think complementary pace training is a really valuable physical complement to the training preparation that you can do for your project. If you think about the red point, this is the, the the successful day, the successful ascent that you make on your project. Think about what kind of pace you're going to be moving at when you actually complete on the day and likely it's going to be relatively fast and pretty proficient. It's not going to be this slow, you know, dawdled, hesitant process right at the end. So... The more that you can spend time in that projecting process, whether it's in your own training sessions away from the crag or even working sessions on the route, trying to mimic the pace which is going to be used on the successful ascent, then you're going to find better results. So try and match those two up. I feel like pacing is something that I I do go on about quite a lot, but I see it being a problem or a filter to lots of other issues in climbing. And if people could just sort out their pacing they would see much improvement improved results another little trick or tool in terms of the physical part of projecting and red pointing is creating or building the volume that you have on the route or your training via the rest positions so what people often do is they're working on a project and they think oh i just need to kind of get some complementary volume training done here i don't want to Lose my endurance. I don't want to have my recovery getting slowly worse on the route. But actually, you can totally achieve some of this. And I'm not going to say all of it, but some of it via the rest positions on the route. And that's amazing because one, you get to learn the rest positions on the route. And that's just huge. I mean, I can't tell you how much time spent on rests and learning the rest pays serious dividends in terms of your time spent and I've experienced this so many times over the years, I'm like session five, six, seven in, and I suddenly find that the rest position on session one or two, which I thought was pretty mediocre, has now become almost a complete rest rest position because I've learned the rest and I've spent time in it. So really try and use that opportunity to get improvements on that. And I typically do that at the ends of sessions. So when I'm pretty tired, I can't really do a lot of the hardest moves anymore. Perhaps I'll go into the rest positions and just get that volume, that time on rock covered at that point. Last part of the physical um, element of this projecting thing is your warm-ups. The warm-up, and I've said this before again on, on our social media and in podcasts, really should be specific to the demands of your goal. So if you're doing a route or a project which has very, very high intensity, dynamic movement on it, then your warm-up needs to include a stimulus which is similar to what you're doing on your project. If it's something which is really long, requires lots of high steps, uh, deep drop knees, again, your warm-up is going to be best served by mimicking the demands of the route. Too many people are going out and just, carrying out some kind of generic warm-up which isn't specific to the route get your warm-up dialed and you'll see great results from it last section is the psychological element to projecting and red pointing and we all know this is pretty important as well and there's a lot of things i could say on this but i'll try and keep it to the things that i think are useful practices habits and tools First up is visualization away from the crag. Yes, you're at the crag working on the route, learning it, getting familiar with how the moose feel, what the rock looks like, what that hole looks like, what that foot smear looks like. But you can do a lot of the visualization exercise away from the crag, whether it's dozing in the morning, going to sleep at night, um, just whilst you have a cup of tea midday, just close your eyes, spend 10 minutes visualizing and thinking your way through the route whether it's the climbing itself or even sometimes perhaps just the shapes and the size of the holds and trying to recreate those in the mind all of it is good practice next up is thinking about controlling your allostatic load so what i mean by that is all those kind of extraneous life factors which go into your your brain or your body your mind body connection away from climbing so you have things like the stress which is incurred from uh work family relationships um other life things that happen you can control and all these will impact your performance ultimately on redpoint and the more that you can reduce life and i put this in air quotes because life shouldn't necessarily be stressful but it is a stress is the more that you can reduce this and periodize the reduction of those stresses outside of your projecting but in at the same time when you think you're going to be going for red point the better the results that you'll see so don't expect to be absolutely on form on red point on your project this week if you've got a work conference that you've got to do really late nights for you're not eating properly and you've got loads going on and you've got um Some kind of, you know, really significant family event that you've got to plan for next week. Just don't expect the best performance because the allostatic load is very high away from this. And I'm not saying that you can control all of it, but I think you can be somewhat strategic about partnering those two up and thinking about how you move them around. Next is try, and I think this is a good exercise to do for pretty much any climber actually to almost like a self-realization, understanding yourself or knowing yourself better exercise is think about creating your perfect day list. If you had to line up all the things for a perfect, perfect cragging day, what would it look like? What would be all the elements that go into it? I love this exercise because it gets you to really kind of step out of the reality zone and You can create all sorts of wonderful things. But whilst some of it or much of it may not always be a reality, or at least not to have all of those happen at the same time, is it will start to give you a good indicator of what things are important to you and what makes you feel great and makes you think that you're going to have a great or a perfect day. And then when you hone in on those and identify them, You can then go back into your life and your habits and your practices and trying to create a reality where more of those can happen and more of those things are a reality. So I think it's a really good sort of blue sky thinking type exercise to try and get you to hone in on what might be possible and get you to work well. Next up is expectation setting. This is a a really important part of projecting because... Often when we're projecting and red pointing at our limit, whether it's a five session project or a 60 day project, you're going to find that it's it's going to take you to the margins of your mind and it's going to push you hard. And it's going to challenge your expectations all the time, all the way down from a micro scale of how did that red point burn go through to, well, how's it going over this period of two, three, four weeks? And expectation setting is an important part of that we've actually recorded I think it's both myself and Maddie a couple of podcasts on this particular topic. so if you want to know more about expectation setting go and have a listen to those episodes with myself and Maddie I think it's a really important part of climbing and performance athleticism probably perhaps even life. Lastly is try and keep in the process or on the journey to as long as possible in your red pointing and projecting. I find that it becomes increasingly alluring to think about the actual goal the closer you get to it. And that can be a mistake for many people because you you get these kind of magpie eyes thinking, oh, here's the shiny prize. And what happens with that is that your mental energy and your focus goes into the prize and the goal doesn't actually go into the process And performing and actually being in the moment and doing something, which is ultimately what causes you to be successful and get up the route. Sure, you get the thing at the end, but really all of us are most successful because we have a really good process that allows us to get towards our goals. So I would say it's very worthwhile making sure that you're constantly keeping in that process and reminding yourself to keep inside of the process as you get very close to achieving your goal at the end. I hope you've enjoyed that episode. That's a little breakdown from me in three parts of projecting red pointing. Just to remind you, that was the tactical elements, the physical ones, and the psychological ones. They're all very important. They have a big impact on the climbing that you do. And if you ever find yourself in the position where you'd like to come and work with us guys at Lattice and come and follow on with a training plan especially if it's one of our performance coaching plans, you will, of course, have one-to-one work that you'll do with any of your coaches, whether it's myself or one of our team, and we're all really experienced and really good, in my opinion, of course, at supporting all climbers on these kind of aspects. So it's not just about writing your training plan and giving you a load of session sheets to follow. We're also there to kind of help support you along your process and towards your goals.